listening to All That Matters, a show about arts and culture around Alberta. Each week, we try to take small bites out of a big question. I'm Chris Changin Phillips. And I'm Sarah Kainboff Azema. So, Alberta is headed into a provincial election on May 5th, and we want to ask how the arts fit into that. But to start off, we have to take you all the way to Australia last November. Interesting. Or, more precisely, to a YouTube clip of a eulogy for an Australian Prime Minister. When I heard that Gough Whitlam had died, I was filled with an inordinate sadness, a great sorrow. I wasn't even in school when his prime ministership was ended. Why was I so sad? This show was quietly in development for a few months before we launched it in January, and the hardest part, quite honestly, was coming up with a name. I knew we wanted to have hard conversations about art, but I couldn't think of a catchy name that conveyed how urgent these conversations are, until I stumbled upon this clip of Australian actor Kate Blanchett giving a eulogy at the memorial for Gough Whitlam, who was the Prime Minister of Australia back in the early 70s. Kate Blanchett? Yeah, yeah, you know, she was in The Lord of the Rings, Elizabeth, Blue Jasmine. Oh, Blue Jasmine, I know that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the way she talked about what Gough Whitlam meant to her as an artist was just so unusual. The loss I felt came down to something very deep and very simple. I am the beneficiary of free tertiary education. When I went to university, I could explore different courses and engage with the student union in extracurricular activity. It was through that that I discovered acting. I am the product of an Australia that wanted and was encouraged to explore its voice culturally. I am the beneficiary of good, free health care. She goes on to talk about how his fostering of free health care allowed her to save money to go to concerts and plays and be part of the culture, even as a broke student. And that was just electrifying to watch because there's this huge audience applause. And then the camera pans over to the Australian prime minister, the current prime minister, Tony Abbott, who's, you know, hard right wing guy. And he's just sitting there totally stone faced and his glasses are pressed down on his nose. (laughs) Fault free divorce, equal pay laws. She brings up all these things that we don't usually think of as having any relationship to the arts. And then she ties it all up with this neat little bow. He said of his government, in any civilized community, the arts and associated amenities must occupy a central place. Their enjoyment should not be seen as remote from everyday life. Of all the objectives of my government, none had a higher priority than the encouragement of the arts, the preservation and enrichment of our cultural and intellectual heritage. Indeed, I would argue that all other objectives of a Labour government, social reform, justice and equity in the provision of welfare services and educational opportunities, have as their goal the creation of a society in which the arts and the appreciation of spiritual and intellectual values can flourish. Our other objectives are all means to an end. The enjoyment of the arts is an end in itself. So I was talking about this speech with my boyfriend, Finn, and I said, holy crap, I finally get it now. Art matters. And he said, well, yeah, obviously, art is all that matters. And that's where the show's name comes from. And today on All That Matters, we're going to lean totally into that premise. If art really is all that matters, 
how would the province be different if we had a government that was totally directed toward looking at creating the conditions for artists and for the enjoyment of the arts to flourish? We're going to speak to three artists at different stages of their careers, see what their dream governments would look like, and we're going to try to add it all up. And then we're going to package it into a platform for an imaginary Artist Party of Alberta. I really am not feeling that name. <laughs> I just told you it takes a while to come up with a good one. All right. Well, we'll start off by meeting Theodore Fox. Theodore is an up-and-comer in Edmonton's poetry and fiction writing. He's been an artist all of his life, so he knows firsthand the struggles of this balancing act, balancing his creative projects with the realities of needing to make rent, feed himself, and pay his health, specifically mental health care bills. Most of us have the image of the struggling artist. It's kind of what we expect from real artists. But how real are we willing to let this expectation become? Theodore Fox joined All That Matters reporter Kay Rollins in studio to discuss some of the realities of mental health care in Alberta from the perspective of an Alberta creative. In her 1978 book, Illness is Metaphor, um, Susan Sontag uh, talks about how in the 19th century, um, tuberculosis was this disease that was, you know, obviously running rampant was an awful thing, um, but it was very strongly associated with artists. um, And the sort of external physical manifestations, the external symptoms of this disease sort of became part of the metaphor of what an artist was. Um, So like at that time, you know, tuberculosis makes you lose a bunch of weight, so you'd be very gaunt and it flushes your face, which uh, makes you look a little bit more alive or more passionate, it was thought at the time. Um, And that suffering was associated with the kind of, um, you know, suffering that people are said to do for their art um, or for, you know, falling in love or that sort of thing. So it was a very popular association with the romantic poets, especially. This is Theodore Fox. Yeah, my name is Theodore Fox. Um, I am a poet and fiction writer and uh, critic um, who lives and works in Edmonton. In light of the upcoming election, I brought Theo into the studio with me to talk about the connection between art and healthcare. On a general level right now, how do you see healthcare being really an artist's issue? Well, I think healthcare is important for everybody, which is a good sort of starting point. Um, but I think there are some specific issues that um, make it, you know, relevant to talk about in terms of artists. Um, firstly, artists are um, are less likely to uh, have group um, extended health insurance. Um, you know, you don't you don't tend to have a, a painter who gets you know uh, employed at a big corporation with uh, with a health plan. Um, but then also, I think there's some specific health uh, issues that that do affect artists more than the um, general population. And uh, and the one that I find mm, that I want to talk about today is um, is mental health. Sontag sort of talks about how. Uh, as we get into the 20th century and tuberculosis um, becomes no longer a, a problem, um, this metaphor of sort of artists being ill um, didn't go away. Uh, it was just sort of transferred from tuberculosis to uh, mental illness. Um, and so now you have just this, I don't know, very commonplace idea that that, that artists are going to be just kind of off their rocker. Um, and, and to some extent, you know, it is, you know, to some extent, the this is true. Uh, artists do tend to have a, a, you know, something about something about being the kind of person who creates art also seems to mean that you're more likely to be the kind of person who is going to 
uh, suffer of, of many mental illnesses. I mean, you know, depression and attention deficit disorder and and um, and addictions and all these sorts of things um, are, are are quite high in the credit population. If we're noticing a correlation between people being sick and and you know some other aspect of their being, whether it's their location or their career or their you know some sort of uh, proclivity, like you, you, I think you have to address that. Hmm. Um, um, and. How accessible is healthcare for mental illness in this province? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of part of the big problem is that so not only is there you know stigma against uh, actually going and getting help for this sort of thing, um, but our mental health coverage is is not very good. I mean, in in our basic Alberta healthcare, um, you have you know crisis services covered, but it's the sort of um, sort of lower level, medium level, ongoing things that are totally a part of mental illness. It's not something that just flares up and then goes away for long periods of time. It tends to be something that sort of, you know, runs at a constant level. And uh, and we don't have the support there for that. Counseling, for instance, and um, and advisement on, on things like, you know, um, diet and exercise are, are super helpful in terms of dealing with mental health issues. And yet that kind of lifestyle change is not just a thing that happens, right? If, if, if it were that simple, people would just do it. But you, you need support for that. And that support's not there. Would you say that beyond just the personal difficulties of dealing with mental health, is mental health care also financially a, a boundary a or a, yeah. a, a block yeah. um, to, to actually pursuing right. um, artistic projects? Right. I mean, really, the issue here is, is mental health coverage for self-employed people. Right. You know, in my particular example, those self-employed people are artists. But that applies to any number of people. I think it's, you know, useful to focus on on the artists, but but I think that you know addressing this for that population specifically would help out a ton of other people, um, who, who who need this stuff. Thanks to Theodore Fox for his thoughts on the issue. To read some of Fox's work, go to theodorefox.com. You're listening to All That Matters from CJSR 88.5 FM, stories about arts and culture around Alberta. Today, we're asking, what would Alberta look like if our government shaped its priorities around what would make the arts flourish here? So Theodore thinks that mental health should be better funded by the government, especially for self-employed persons who don't have access to health coverage. Well, up next, we have a conversation with Ahmed Ali that focuses specifically on the provincial government's role in education and how this affects artists. Locally and internationally, Ahmed Ali, a.k.a. Ahmed Nomatic, is known for his immense talents in spoken word and as one of the founders of Breath in Poetry at Rouge Lounge. Therefore, it was fitting to speak to someone whose profession is to speak out and be a leader. In the upcoming election, what kinds of expectations or demands do you want from any government? Um, for me, you know, we talk about arts, but living is way more valuable if you can't, uh, if you can't live your life accordingly and normally. I don't think you can even really practice art. I'm very privileged as an artist where I live a comfortable life. Like if I had to worry about what I was eating, I wouldn't be really writing anything. So the fact that I have my food, I recognize that I'm privileged. So uh, anybody that's coming to be a leader, uh, focus on the things that are important like education, um, not cutting funds to education, providing a lot more funds to healthcare service, um, taking care of the seniors, providing more senior homes, things that help the community. Because that's what's important to me. I'm a community, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a social entrepreneur. My money comes from helping the community. And if there is no money 
to be made helping the community, then I'm at a loss and the community's at a loss. Something that's very important to me as well, they at least they better have some type of platform where they respect and support art. Like if they're not going to be like, we're going to give millions of uh, to the art uh, council or to the arts community, cool. But if they're saying we are going to reconstitute music classes, then we're going to really um, make them better. That's what I'm looking for. You know, something because creativity, like politicians are like, I love politics. It, it runs our life and everything. But I think politicians are honestly um, taking advantage. Arts is where it's at. Arts should be ruling. Arts should be the ones that are the, the politicians, quote, are the head of state. But it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Artists create, politicians implement. And so we need more politicians who are artists, who are empathetic towards that. Do you see yourself pursuing a career in politics? You know, I've been approached a lot by the Somali community to do that. If I was to ever go into politics, it would definitely start off from something that's important to me like uh, maybe being on the school board or something like that. Yeah. Something that's relevant to me because I'm already in schools, I'm already working with refugee students, I'm already working with minorities. And so the educate that would be meaningful to me. I've been, I've been approached to run on a council level and even on a, a provincial or federal level, but I'm not a politician, I'm, I'm an artist. All right, so I'm gonna go back. I wanna hear about your past education. Where did you do your primary and high school education? Uh, I started school in grade uh, five, and it was in Kitchener, Ontario. So in Ontario, did you find as a province there was a lot of emphasis for arts in education? Like, were, was the school spirit or even your teachers encouraging you to pursue arts in the same way there's an emphasis for math and English and sciences? Uh, fortunately enough, I went to a school that was an art school. So there was a lot of drama, there was dance, there was theater, there was... Uh, there was improv, there was there was a lot of stuff that emphasized creativity. So I was very fortunate in that because my school was specific to that. And so I was lucky in that sense. But I, I don't think there was a heavy, uh, there wasn't really a heavy funding or heavy support for the arts. And then so when you moved to Alberta, you pursued studies in political science at McEwen. McEwen has a fine arts program. How come you decided to go for a social arts degree instead of a fine arts degree? Uh, before I actually went to university, I went to college, and I went to college for creative writing, comedy, and performance. I didn't graduate that much like the university, which I'm going to explain, but I really benefited from it where I learned to write comedy and act, and uh, I did stand-up comedy for a bit. I studied the social sciences and didn't take um, any fine arts because in my culture it's not respected and it's not really seen as a, as a means of income and it's just seen as a, a form of entertainment. Now you're pursuing a career in speaking and poetry. How did that come about? Why did you decide not to complete your degree? Uh, you know, I have a few stories, um, but art has always, I've never wanted to be, I, I've never liked the structure of education. I love education. I've never liked the education system. I think it's really flawed the way it's set up. It's either you're right or you're wrong, and there's no means to be creative. You have to be like everyone else. And I started to kind of see that again in university. And so I was doing poetry on the side, and I was becoming a lot more successful, and I was getting paid more than I was paying for education. So I said, I think it's time for me to take a break and pursue my love of art in any form, and then I can go back and always acquire my degree. So then how do you get paid being a spoken word artist? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a social entrepreneur. Uh, spoken word poetry is one of my art forms. 
I also do uh, I also do comedy and I also do acting but alongside of that I also do workshops for students and teachers I translate for the Catholic School Board um, I tour throughout North America and uh, I'm an activist so money comes in many different forms it just doesn't come in from one fixated I am essentially I'm a freelance artist Thanks to Ahmed Ali for sharing your candid thoughts on the upcoming provincial elections. You're listening to All That Matters. This week, we're talking to artists about what their dream government would look like if it were shaped around making the province a nourishing environment for artists. Coming up, we're going to take a stab at a platform for this mythical party. But before that, we're going to hear from one more artist, Jerry Morita. Jerry is the artistic director of Mile Zero Dance in Edmonton. Jerry's a bit unique in our mix today because she's been a career dancer and choreographer and artistic director for some time. So we thought she'd have a lot to say looking back at the steps that led her there. And although she's originally from Saskatchewan and is a self-described socialist, she's got a very Albertan streak of being resourceful and self-sufficient and just going for it. How different would the province be if the government was made up of choreographers and photographers and sculptors and directors? Oh, I'm not sure if that would be a great idea. <laughs> Just seeing how arts nonprofits sometimes run, um, there would be still a lot of infighting and turnover. Um, but I think that uh, a healthy mix of backgrounds would be a good thing, as long as you still had your lawyers and accountants. <laughs> um, on a personal level, what are some of the provincial level government services um, when you arrived that were important to you as you were starting working over it? Uh, my health card. Um, yeah, and it's so easy to get your driver's license here, and it's just easy to get those things. Um, but I didn't really, I couldn't access anything. Like, I had a little kid, and I was pregnant, and I couldn't get on um, maternity leave or anything, because I didn't have a job, because <laughs> I was already taking care of one kid. And so I found more, I used the services of the community networks that are kind of smaller than politics, like, you know, the Waldorf school groups of people that are formed around basically early childhood education who have great potlucks. Driver's license, yeah, that's something I hadn't thought of, that, but that's totally provincial um, mandate. How did you find the healthcare system when you moved to the province? I joined um, like a midwifery trial, and so I was able to get a free midwife. And so I found that pretty progressive because they were trying to, you know, do research to implement midwifery, but then now they're there's been problems ever since with uh, midwives getting funding in a solid way and to be accepted. What are some of the things that people might not think of that the province is involved in that are just key to surviving as a, as a human being and thriving um, while in, specifically dance, I know that that's your world, but if you have anything else that you want to touch on in artistic careers. We deal a lot with the school system. Uh, we have a, a program where we send dancers into schools and they take over the phys ed program for one or two weeks and just teach every kid in the school. Um, and the government has cut schools to the level where there's 
hardly any administrators to facilitate bringing in programs like that. So they'd love to have it, they can get the funding for it if they can administer it, but the administration is a barrier. And if you're a school that also has like a hot lunch program to administer, that's probably gonna take all your effort, right? Okay, so uh, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because we're trying to get voices from people at different stages of their careers and, and as the artistic director of a company, I thought you might have some things to say about what are some of the challenges that artistic companies like Mile Zero might face that the province can help with? Probably the, the biggest barrier to being a, a company here compared to being like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver is we don't have access to the international or even the national level markets. Alberta is so isolated and landlocked that, you know, it's probably more feasible to go to Iceland than it is to even go to Toronto. Um, and if the province uh, was really forward thinking and they wanted to work on Alberta's image overseas, they would foster such relationships more and more. And you see that with Iceland now with the sort of the business association trying to link up now that we have this flight. Yeah, there's that Taste of Iceland <laughs> festival. and yeah. Like that kind of stuff is fun, right? Um, but the, the province needs to realize that uh, internationally, Alberta's reputation sucks. We're known as a tar pit, exploiters of the land who, you know, mistreat Aboriginal people and are just not following world conventions about climate change and more and more that's what we're known as it's we're not known as Jasper Banff <laughs> or for our like you know fabulous tv programs that are created here like we're known for being exploiters and I'm just saying the artists are here we could really create a better image for the people who live here like Everything that the government touches could be better designed and it could be, uh, you know, more efficient, more intelligent. Like they should be kind of the avant-garde of environmental awareness. And all they, all they would have to do is like slap solar panels on every government building. And in the same way, like if every government event, you know, they made a point of having like local artists do do work, like get the Poet Laureate, get some local musicians, get things. When you give out awards, they should be handcrafted by local artists. Like we have an industry here and it just needs to circulate more. And then the artists need to get in people's faces more too. What would your dream party do if, if there, were, there were a party that were running on purely issues that mattered to um, people in the dance world or other artistic fields that you're really passionate about, what, what would your dream party propose? Well, I'm kind of more on the socialist side of things. So I think that there needs to be um, an ethos in society where rich people brag about how much tax they pay instead of bragging about their new car or <laughs> their boat or something. It's like where they're like, oh, yeah, I just paid my taxes. I feel awesome. So that, you know, instead of feeling like they're always being ripped off and that their goal is to not pay any tax, that their goal is to give back to society. Because I've been around a lot of poor people and artists and we give back a lot to society. 
even when we're just doing our jobs. And it's important for everybody to feel like they're contributing. Now, Jerry had so much more to say that I couldn't fit in here. She also thinks the provincial government should lighten up the ever-expanding avalanche of paperwork that nonprofits get buried in every year. She thinks education and healthcare spending should keep up with population growth. All right, so let's add it all up. What would this dream government of our three artists look like? Well, it would definitely lean left from what we heard. (laughs) I agree. Um, But but, we can find a way to make it more inclusive to other people who don't lean that left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the things that they said would benefit all Albertans, you know. So uh, from what Jerry was explicitly dreaming up there and things that she told me that have worked and have not worked for her there... um, I'm going to take the liberty of making a stab at what her dream government would do. Mm-hmm. I think it would increase administrative funding for schools, increase promotion of the Alberta arts industry, um, uh, make a society where rich people brag about how much tax they pay, of course, mm-hmm. um, make maternity leave easier to access, and uh, make midwifery easier to access. That is a well-thought-out list. I'm very impressed, but more because it demonstrates how Jerry's demands are not specific to artists. Accessibility to quality service is crucial, especially for underprivileged and disadvantaged persons. I'd have to agree with Ahmed's critique of the education system and how it doesn't prioritize the arts, particularly in grades K to 12. If you think about it, unless you go to an art school, visual arts, drama, and music are offered as electives maybe for two hours a week, as opposed to the other academic courses. Hmm. Yeah. And then I think what I'd take from Theodore Fox's perspective there at the beginning of the show is that mental health care is really difficult to access right now unless you're in a crisis or have coverage through an employer. So expanding mental health care coverage for all self-employed people would sweep up artists and a lot of other people. So that's a lot of ideas. Uh, let's see if we can winnow that down to maybe three top priorities, maximum five, you know, the stuff that would fit in a soundbite. I think the top one should definitely be that rich and poor Albertans contribute together in making the society richer. That means higher taxes for richer Albertans, but still there's an emphasis for everybody to contribute financially. And we know mental health care coverage would need to expand, and so would options for parents like access to maternity leave and midwives. Education also came up a couple times, so something along the lines of ensuring education is kept up to speed with the population growth by increasing administrative funding and strengthening arts funding in schools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, I think we have room for one more. How about taking all their ideas about putting arts into all the material that students go through in the classroom, incorporating music and arts and design into all the work the government does, making cultural industries a real job priority, both in creating new jobs and also promoting and supporting the industries we've got. Something about jobs. I think we've got it. So what should we call this party? Okay, we've come up with uh, Artists for Alberta, uh, the BFA, don't know what that would stand for yet, uh, the Dadaists, the Artisan Cheese Board, the Artisan Partisan Party. Um, I'm going to stop you there. I like the Artisan Partisan Party. All right. Let's mm-hmm. go with the uh, the Artisan Partisan Party, the APP. Let's do it. I, I want to hear an ad from that party. Okay, one second. Let me drag in our trusty colleague, Kenzie, from CJSR's FemWaves. Uh, let's see what it sounds like all together. There. Creative. Hardworking. Albertans want to be rich in more than just resources. Hi, I'm Kenzie. And on May 5th, I want you to vote for the Artisan Partisan Party. We'll make sure everybody, rich and poor, contributes to our common prosperity. 
We'll make sure there's better coverage for parenting and mental health. We'll keep administrative and arts funding up to speed for a growing population of students. And we'll put arts to work in everything we do, from science classrooms to power grid design. The Artisan Partisan Party, creating a culturally rich Alberta. Okay, listeners, what do you think? Tweet us at ATMCGSR or send us an email at allthatmatters@cgsr.com. And if you like the Artisan Partisan Party, we want you to make a logo for it. Tweet or email it to us. We'll pick the best one and share it online. That is definitely all the time we have today on All That Matters. All That Matters is a production of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton. Our theme music is by Dokasha Teru. Thanks to Kay Rollins for help with today's episode. If you have questions or comments about the show, let us know. Again, that's all that matters at cgsr.com or at ATMCGSR on Twitter. Our website is allthatmatterscgsr.wordpress.com. And don't forget to vote on May 5th for whatever real or imaginary party captures your heart. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. And I'm Sarah Kane Balfazema. Thank you for listening. 